0: What's up everyone? Welcome back. Welcome back. It is season four of the Government Coins podcast and we are here with episode number two. If you missed episode number one, you can make sure you go back and check it out on our YouTube channel or on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can go back and check out our episode number one where we talked about shareable contracts. But today, have a special guest. Is one with one of the largest spenders on the federal side, the Department of Homeland Security's Office of Procurement Operations. And today we are going to get into some of the nitty gritty of doing business with DA, DHS. We've talked about it previously, but there are some different components that we're going to tap into today and then also just some some questions and information that you may not have gotten the last time we're gonna get into with this time okay so i'm here today with tisha blue warren tisha how are you i am doing great
1: i had to take my mute off i am <laughs> doing great today and ready to provide information for industry and whoever out there want to listen so they can come to dhs and tap into our resources
0: yes because dhs definitely has funds y'all know that We've talked about this before. So welcome, everyone. The first one I want to get into is, one, thank you so much for joining us. And I wanted to do a brief introduction and just, you know, kind of get an understanding of who you are, how you got into this space, and, and your role at DHS.
1: Okay, so actually, that is a long road ahead. <laughs> so um, actually, I started out in um, um, in the federal government in '98 um, actually overseas. And when I was in Panama, I was in Panama and that was my first break into the federal government. And it definitely was not in the 1102 series, uh, which is contracting specialist, contracting officer. When I broke into the 1102, um, level, when I got to the Navy Yard, Washington Navy Yard, um, in DC, I'm originally from North Carolina. So I moved up, up here for that job. And, um, Actually, um, the Navy groomed me to be 1102. I stayed with them for about four, four or five years, and then I moved over to the Department of Homeland Security. I've been with the Department of Homeland Security for um, since 2005, I would say. And yeah, it's been a long time. So yes, they have been great to me, I can say. And I was a contracting specialist and a contracting officer um, and then an associate director throughout the, my career path in that career path, I have worked with s and which is science and technology. I worked with Office of Health Affairs, now um, Counting Weapons of Mass Destruction. I've also worked with um, um, CISA, which used to be called, uh, I think it was National um, Protection Infrastructure Division, but I know off from that, it was called NPPD, but now they're CISA. And um, my last division I worked with where I was Associate Director as well was um, Counting Weapons of Mass Destruction. And um, I stepped into the industry liaison role just last year. So I'm kind of new to this role. I'm enjoying my role here. I love interfacing with industry. And it has been a a great, it's been a great ride so far.
0: I'm so happy to hear that. And congratulations. That's like, I don't know. I don't know how you enjoy, like you say you're enjoying it now, but I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy, being able to work with small businesses. So yeah congratulations congratulations yeah. and being in this role for a year now would you mind telling us a little bit more of what that role entails
1: um as an industry liaison basically um my role is to um interface with industry to the maximum extent practicable. um that's across that's a broad range and um as the opo industry liaison um and by us being the largest um, head of contracting activity, we service uh, multiple components and um, across from the secretary's office, the uh, undersecretary of management um, to several components, like I just said, CISA, um, counter of mass destruction, S&T, um, chief um, information officer and several more. So we are the largest out of 10. So I interface with all of them as well to the maximum extent practical practicable, even though they have um, some of the components have their own industry liaisons. I still still um, communicate with all and in interface with industry through, throughout the process as well. Um, in the interest of promoting greater exchange and partnership with, with industry, I also plan and um, coordinate acquisition um, innovation roundtables. And I've done a few with CIO already. I think our last one was um, supply chain management. And um, I do pre-proposal conferences and um, vendor outreach sessions. And I know a lot of small businesses are on today, so you guys are probably tapped into um, DHS, um, OSDBU, which is the Small Disadvantaged Business Utilization um, Vendor Outreach Sessions. I participate in some of those. I also do my own um, when vendors reach out to me through um, our our website, which is OPO. Industry liaison at HQ.DHS.gov. I get a lot of emails through there where vendors want to brief their capabilities. Um, so with that being said, when when they come through, I look at their uh, their capabilities where they align within our services within the component, and I reach out to our acquisition divisions and our and our program offices to see um, who who were fit to be meeting with these folks. I set up those meetings with uh, some with the technical and the contracting folks. So they can get um, have meaningful conversations um, when they reach out to us. So, you know, I know industry just want to be um, heard. They like that. They have a face that you can talk to. And, you know, anytime I can do that, um, we'll make ourselves available. So that's that's some of the things that I that I do as well.
0: Got it. So I didn't know that you all were hosting your own events as well. So definitely okay. keep us posted about those. We can push those <laughs> out to the community. Yes,
1: we we a lot of our own events. And even at the um, chief procurement officer level, they do reverse industry days. They do. Um, the, the SIC is coming up. Um, the, strategic, the Strategic Industry Conversation is coming, up, I think, February the 9th. Um, and that's we call it the SIC, S-I-C. But DHS SIC, I don't have the link right there um, to that. But they had to register, I think. Industry had to register. And that is February the 9th. I want to say that's the right date for that. Um, Let me make sure.
0: I have one for February 8th. Is that the same one? It could be old. Yeah,
1: it's February 8th. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I was just off by a day.
0: No, yeah, I got that one.
1: I just want to make sure it was, yeah. You was able to pull that up? Yeah. So yes. oh, industry need to look at that one. It's February the 8th. Yeah, if they're mm-hmm. interested. I don't know when the registration date closed, but that's that's the next big event DHS is having for industry.
0: Okay. Got it. Oh, this is nice.
1: And um, Yeah, if they're participating in that, they'll meet a lot of the industry liaisons at that one and small business specialists. I will be there as well. And I want to say we have a matchmaking session where industry can come and talk to us as well
0: at that event. Got you. Okay. Let me go ahead and post this. Because registration is definitely coming up. All right. I I already dropped that one in the chat on YouTube. So make sure y'all go check it out. So, okay. So let's get into this next (laughs) portion of it. And we kind of wanted to hop directly into... um, unsolicited proposals
1: so unsolicited proposals are, are, co- are course proposals that are not solicited <laughs> and uh, uh, what we do those unsolicited proposals are basically proposals that um um that vendors or contractors send in that promote new or innovative ideas technology um that they submit for to to get contracts with the government um in that process um of course, it's unlike unsolicited. I mean, unlike solicited proposals, where we go out and we we post um, services and requirements that um, on um, government-wide um, communication sites like SAM.gov or gsa. um, GSA.gov or eBuy or something like that. So unsolicited proposals are basically submitted to the um, to the agency, and what we do um, is basically. We look to see if they're within compliance with the federal um, regulation, which is FAR 15.6 on unsolicited proposals. Um, and then if it is, we'll send it over to a component which the service aligns with. So whatever kind of services innovation it is, we'll send it over to maybe it's, maybe it's kind of what was a mass destruction type deal um, where they're um, um, offering um, rag new. Um, device or something like that. If it's with, if it's in compliance, we'll send it over to CWMD. If it's not, we'll we'll send it back. Um, but what they should do, they should review um, the Federal Acquisition Regulation Subpart 15.6 to see what is how to submit that. And also on our website, we have a link uh, where you can go to unsolicited proposals um, on the DHS link and find what how the process works as well and where to submit it. To. I was. Just- grabbing the link right now <laughs> okay I, I saw you i said like, let me let me slow down
0: <laughs> no 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 it's fine you were doing fine i, I just start okay. moving a little crazy sometimes okay so i'm grabbing the link okay. i'm going to drop that link in the chat too so that way everyone can understand how to respond to these unsolicited proposals as well
1: yeah and if they the email they should send it to no, normally so our acquisition um policy branch actually um Processes those, and that's the acquisition management and support divisions. Um, QA, um, what is it? A, AMSD, I'm sorry, that's the acronym. But their email is QAB review, and that's QAB as in boy, review at hq.dhs.gov
0: got it so i just added both of those links and uh that email address as well for you to send these unsolicited proposals to now i just wanted to kind of go into as a, a, a follow up question about unsolicited proposals so if a proposal is unsolicited is does that is that the best way for a startup with a new innovative solution to get into the space
1: um I would say, yes, it's one of the best ways to do it. If it's, if they're trying to, if they're trying to break in and um, submit something new and innovative, I would say submit an unsolicited proposal. Um, More than likely, if it's, like I said, it was in the regulations and um, is following um, the process, that we'll review it and we'll submit it to the right people who, um, wherever, like I said, that service aligns with, if they're trying to do that. But they they should also look into other, Um, other ways, um, traditional and non-traditional ways to identify um, um, those activities as well. And they can do that through our DHS Business Opportunities link.
0: Got it. And I think the next question I kind of want to hop on, I'm really happy you talked about, you mentioned traditional uh, processes of doing business with the government. And a lot of business owners get hung up on writing their proposals. So going into that aspect of it, what as a contracting officer in that role, what were some things that you looked for in the proposals that you received and reviewed? Um,
1: so first, first of all, um, we get this question all the time. Um, we look for compliance in, um, to identify within the statement of work. So when we put out a proposal, a solicitation, RFQ, RFP, whatever it's called, um, we look that your proposal is aligned with what we put in that, R- that solicitation meaning what we ask for in accordance with that statement of work. That's the first check we do. Um, and sometimes in those in those proposals, we will, we will state up front if we have a go-no-go, no go. meaning like a go-no-go no go means you got it or you don't and you're not getting reviewed, basically. And uh, I would say just an example of a go-no-go, no go, just throw something out there, it's probably like, um, say, um, you need a security, uh, a, a clear uh, facility, and... The requirement calls for your, your, your company to have a clear facility, and, and, you, and you don't state that you have one, um, or you state that you don't have one, that's a, that's kind of, that could be like a go-no-go, no go, and that your proposal won't go forward for review. Um, so that's one of the things we look at. So as we do a compliance check um, to make sure all that is within line with the statement of work and what we ask for within the, state, within the solicitation we' We'll send that over to the technical evaluation and price team for review against evaluation factors.
0: Got it. so you said a technical evaluation and a price team. so there's a completely different team who just manages and tracks pricing on different this is this is something that we we need to have a conversation about. I'm sorry, but there's a completely different team <laughs> yeah. that manages different yeah. components. so
1: okay yeah so so you have um in evaluations. Um, especially, um, uh, pulling open or say, um, negotiations for part 15, I, I just throw that one out there. You have a, a, um, a technical team that evaluates just the technical aspects of the, um, of the proposal. And then you have a price team that does just the pricing of, of the proposal. And then once, once those, both those teams are, have completed their reviews, um, they come together and they, they, um compare their their um, pricing and technical. But it's afterwards. The pricing team does not share pricing until the technical evaluation has been completed. So those are two separate teams when they're doing an the evaluation process.
0: Wow, see that was another point. We haven't had this conversation. That's why we needed to speak to procurement. So we understand what's going on in the back end while we just believe somebody's looking at our proposal and swiping in left or swiping right. So um, (laughs) definitely happy to hear that. And then a little bit more um, understanding about like the process for small businesses and some of the pitfalls that they fall into or we fall into as small business owners, um, we fall into as we are posting or submitting our proposals.
1: Okay. And before I get into that, I would let people let the small business know. I know sometimes just talk about technical evaluations and price. Um, sometimes it's like a hurry up, get your proposal in and then there's a wait, hurry up, wait and that's because the evaluations and the technical teams are doing their part and what industry, what we're, the government is trying to do on our end and we're, we're trying to do better about that is posting updates to let you know where we are in the process because sometimes they take longer than usual and we know industry uh, is sitting by like what's going on, it's been a month, it's been two months or something like that hey, you know, and they put they put their time and effort in the proposal. So what we're doing now is trying to update those solicitations on the websites and let them know, hey, we're still in the evaluation stage, um, updates to come, or what, something like that. So we understand, but sometimes it does take a little longer than usual. So that's something that we're just trying to do, just wanting to put that out there. And I would say some about the pitfalls that small business um, fall into um, when it comes to uh, proposals and um, submitting their proposals. Uh, I'll say the first thing is not engaging uh, strategically. And what we mean by that is that um, when you read the solicitation and the solicitation is out there, normally we have a Q&A session. Um, We're we having a solicitation, um, submit questions um, by such and such date. And, and, you know, and make sure you submit your questions. Um, the questions can be about the solicitation, whether you, it's something that's distorted or not, not clear or something doesn't make sense or, you know, anything, just submit your questions. Make sure you submit them on time and um, make sure you go through that solicitation thoroughly because that also gives us a a point in time where we can update the solicitation to make sense or to correct something that was in error, you know. So um, just make sure you use the Q and A periods, you know, more and, and um, to the to the maximum extent practicable <laughs> so uh, that is that is one thing and I would say um, um, another thing is that um, is if once that period is over it's kind of you know it's hard for us to have to we, we're limited to what we can do if you send questions in after that period is over um, we 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 can't really accept them. It, it it depends, and we can't update like the solicitation, especially if we're in source selection. If the evaluation team has started, we can't do anything at that point. Um, <clears throat> and we're if we do anything to that point, we're we're limited per the FAR regulations. You know, communications. You know, we have to have communication with everyone. You know, so it's type deal like that discussion. You know it's it we're limited to the far regulations at that point so use that q a period uh to the best of your extent you know look at that solicitation thoroughly ask all the questions sometimes they may have two or three you know i won't say two or three i say one or two q a sessions but most of the time is mainly just one um i've seen them have one at the draft solicitation stage phase, and then i've seen them have one at the final when they drop the final solicitation phase so we kind of like to drop a draft so they can industry can get to look at the solicitation, provide comments then, and then we'll drop the final. And then we have another Q and A session as well at that point for, you know, some other things that we make and tweak or make better. Um, we definitely want to hear from industry and their input. Um, um, I would say, mm, when it comes to, um, when it comes to providing your proposal and answering the proposal um, 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 evaluation criteria, um, make sure that you are not just submitting uh, like your capabilities briefings and what your company is about, answer the question. Um, Because not unless we ask, now sometimes we may ask for that in an evaluation, submit maybe like a a business evaluation factor. Uh, We may ask for you to submit that stuff, but if we're not, do not submit like your overview of your company and what you can do. Those those technical evaluation questions are very specific to what the requirement is. Answer that. Don't just cut and paste something in or uh, and put it in a proposal. And definitely do not cut and paste the part of the evaluation factor and put it in a proposal. Answer the question and um to your to the best of your ability and and, and um into what your company and what your um your technical expertise are um, for that requirement and that evaluation criteria.
0: Got it, and then just, I know this is probably something that I wanna hit because you you mentioned it again here, is the process for uh, the procurement team once the proposal has been submitted. So we know now, That it's put out once as a draft and then it's put out final. Once we submit it, what are the next steps in terms of on your end? While we're just thinking, you know, nothing's going on, what are the steps on your end? Like, how many phases does that proposal review uh, comprise of? Um,
1: So, once you submit um, your proposal, um, the next step is for us to take your proposal and do a compliance check, like I stated earlier. So we'll do a compliance check. Once your compliance is complete and everything lines up, we'll send it over to the, um, the technical evaluation and, and um, price teams. And normally what we do, we kind of like break up the price and the technical piece, and we send that to different the different teams. They do the evaluation. We normally have a time frame. We have milestones set, and we normally have a time frame of when that technical evaluation um and price should be over and when we can come together and compare um consensus go into a consensus of those evaluations and what we've been trying to do now is do uh, on the spot from eva- um consensus which that means is that uh, we try to do once we evaluate something we kind of go into a consensus right then and there instead of waiting to the end um that save us some time um and then after that process is over um we, it's a lot of reviews that have to go through, you know, the viewing of the, of, of the um, evaluation and the technical reports. It depends on what type of requirement it is, whether we're doing a briefing, a technical briefing to the, um, the SS, the source selection authority or source selection organization, whoever, you know, um, if we're doing a briefing there, that has to be brief. So, there's a lot of lines of communication, a lot of areas, uh, check the boxes we have to do before we get to award. And so that's why I say the process is a little, may take, may take a little longer than normal. Um, so you just have to be patient with us. We try to update you as much as possible.
0: Okay. And then once the contract is awarded, what's next? Because a lot of our businesses, they are still waiting to win their first contract. So after it's been awarded, yay, we won. What are our next steps?
1: So your next step after you've been, um, um, communicated that you want or you got your notice of award letter, um, the next one would be your kickoff meeting. And that consists of your techni- technical team and your contracting um, officer um, or contract specialist. And sometimes it's on on site and sometimes it's virtual. And what they do at that point, they will um, I've seen vendors come in, they brief uh, they uh, have their briefing of questions and um and um, how they're going to approach the, um, say, the deliverable schedule or whatever. Or oh, they may have questions at that point. They have a briefing and they brief us. And then we'll go into, well, let me back up. So the CO contracting officer goes, will have a briefing basically where they go through the contractor aspects of the, of the contract. Um, that's making sure the clauses are good, they understand the clauses, um, the period of performance, when stuff are due, deliverables and stuff like that. Um, They'll go through the contract aspects of the contract. And then the technical team um, will come through and do the technical piece with the the vendors as well. And then there's a Q&A session. And sometimes modifications happen after that. So there may be a a problem within or an error in the contract that that we put together. And the um, the contractor is reviewing and say, hey, you made a mistake here, blah, blah, blah. And we'll update that. So sometimes modifications come out of that, but it's just an overview of the contract um, and any technical or questions that we may have at that point.
0: So that's a good point because I I wanted to kind of hit into what you were mentioning. Sometimes modifications happen. Uh, When is that contract negotiation phase? And also, what is that? I guess, what would we technically be negotiating at that point?
1: Well, after, after, after a contract is awarded?
0: After it's awarded.
1: So, so you really won't be negotiating anything at that point. Um, um, during the kickoff meeting, when I say modifications happen, most of those modifications are happening because there's errors in the contract. Um, and I would say, just say um, a name was spelled wrong or something. I have no clue. Or, or the, key personnel, <laughs> the key personnel has changed or something like that. Uh, award or something like that and they want to update something on that or um, say a deliverable date at that point has has um, needs to be updated or something like that in the contract now, sometimes what we do when we're when we're in the technical evaluation phase we're already drafting up um, those sections in the contract even though we don't know who's getting awarded yet we're already drafting most of the contract up um, and then when we hit a, get the award we drop that contractor's name in the award. We go through and we look to make sure some things are updated, but sometimes the dates need to be updated. We may miss some things. So when it comes to kickoff meeting, the contractor may catch some of that stuff that we didn't catch and may just need to be updated. And that's why I say modifications. There are minor modifications at kickoff phases. So um, not not too major. I haven't seen too many major uh, modification at kickoff phase. Now, when you get further down in the contract where you say negotiation, there are times where you can negotiate after a contract's been awarded if there has been changes uh, within the requirement at that point. And then, you know, that can happen. So.
0: OK, so that those changes in the requirements, will that allow you to negotiate pricing unless it's OK?
1: Yeah. So sometimes some requirement may change. Uh, sometimes requirements may have gone away since the award has happened. So, you know, some uh, modifications happen with that or something, maybe a requirement needs to, um, like I said, has has changed and we need to update it. And yes, if the requirement has changed to a certain extent when something has been, um, needs to be added and, and it's going to cost more. And then you look at the market too, you know, what year are we in? Maybe a base plus options, maybe in year three. And then the market has, to, you have to look at the market as well. So yeah, sometimes pricing is is
0: um negotiable at that point got it okay okay so that's a good a good point and a good way for business owners to really see what the process is like like it's more than just writing a proposal and submitting it it's a lot of steps going on on the back end now as a business owner if i wanted to reach out um to the office of uh, procurement operations or you are a, we are you at the industry liaison position how would i do something like that and also what would you be looking for if businesses are reaching out to ask questions or inquire about what dhs is purchasing
1: um so that's a good question so with um with as been the industry liaison and ex, and Anna Rangel, which is not here with me today, is the small business specialist. Um, we have emails that you can reach out to us, um, and I think you dropped that email in there. Um, there is a doing business link with with DHS that has all of us listed, all all industry listed. I want to say um, that link is it is. Let me find it. I'm I'm looking for it. It is Is um, the WWW. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, is it the Doing Business with DHS link?
1: Yes, it is. That is it. That link has everything you need to know about doing business with DHS. That's My information is on there. There is a There is a link for all the industry liaisons within DHS at different levels, component levels. You can can see my name there, you can see the Chief Procurement Officer Industry Liaison, ICE, FEMA, CBP, TSA, all of us are listed and all of our um, small business uh, specialists are listed as well. Now, some components may not have an industry liaison, but you can reach out to myself or CPO's um, Chief Procurement Officer Industry Liaison and we'll help you assist you there but most components do have industry liaisons. Um, if you're looking to have meetings with us, you can always look into the, um, um, reach out to our um, emails and request something, drop, drop, drop your um, vendor capability statement within your email and ask for an introductory meeting. And um, we'll set that up with you. Um, both, most of the time, if you're small, me and Anna are, do those meetings together. Um, And like I said earlier, we'll bring in a technical POC, uh, which is a program manager, depending on what your capabilities are, which aligns with that program office. We'll try to bring one of those folks in. We'll also bring in our acquisition people as well. Um, So there's many ways to communicate with us. We also have our acquisition planning forecast system, which is listed on on that website as well, where you can go and look at opportunities. Um, Right now we have our fiscal year 23, um, opportunities listed there there are points of contacts on those um, APFS records and that is called the acquisition planning forecast system and, and you can drop that link if you have that one as well. Um, that is a that is a very resourceful um, system I advise everyone to go there every component within DHS has all the FY 23 um, future requirements listed there um, some will come later in, in the year as well but Keep looking at those. You can look by I think you can search several different ways. You can search search by um, component. I think you can search by next code as well. So um, just go in there, pull up. You set. I'm in the headquarters, so if you just click on DHS headquarters, you'll see all of the headquarters components um, requirements as well.
0: Got it. I like this system. I, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm I'm, just, I'm just dropped it in, in the, the chat. more that we have.
1: Okay. Also, we have our um, prime contractors list. So DHS have prime contractors. So as small businesses, you will want to reach out to the small those prime contractors that align with your services. Um, there are um, subcontracting team and opportunities there. Um, just reach out. And that link is... Um, I
0: already that got That is it. a
1: www. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... That, that is also a resource for link. And also our strategic sourcing um, link is also there. Um, that, is, that is a link that shows you all of our strategic sourcing um, vehicles that we use within DHS. Um, so most of those are mandatory. And then we have our best-in-class um, um, vehicles that we adopt from other agencies and then, then GSA and, of course, for, um, so forth on and, and on with that. But we look at our strategic sourcing vehicles first. Um, and go from there, and then our best in class. So I would say look at those and see if there's any uh, um, teaming arrangements or um, subcontracting opportunities there as well. And um, once it's time, I think, I think right now we got first source three on the street. And I wanna say we're in phase, maybe in phase two. And that's a small business, that's one of our um, small business um, um, hardware, I think it's hardware on that one, Hard, um, techn- information technology hardware, software hardware type stuff on that contract. And I want to say that that is first source three. And I want to say we're in phase two right now with that. And they've been posting updates to Sam.gov. So you can look at that. I don't know if some of you out there are listening already um, submitted or already know about that. But that's one of our strategic sourcing vehicles that we use as well.
0: Got it. And then so I just want to before I ask this next question, because we got a question from the uh, audience. So this website, the prime contractors website, y'all make sure y'all click on this link. I've never seen it so organized like they literally have what the prime contractors are searching for, like down to next codes to different services that they need. And the contact information is right here on the website. Um, if you are thinking about getting into the space and you just want to get your feet wet, this is a good place to start. And I'm just going to say, it. this is a really good place to start. You already know who to reach out to, what they need. It, it makes it easy. Uh, but we do have a question from the audience. And, and, oh, go ahead. I'll
1: say, that's our goal is to make it easy for industry.
0: That's, listen, <laughs> I, and I'll say, every time I look at anything that DHS is doing, always top tier so y'all winning over there y'all winning over there for sure in this race <laughs> um, but I have a question um, and she says basically what is the difference between an industry liaison and a small business small business specialist
1: oh so um I am not a pro at small business <laughs> um, I would say um, the small business specialist focus on small business goals um, they focus on everything small business, basically. And with that said, um, like Anna, Anna Rangel is our small business. She is appointed by head of contracting activity. Um, she is uh, showing that the small business concerns have an equitable um, stake in competing with all of our procurements. Um, one of her dues is um, working assisting the contracting officers and identifying the small businesses, I mean, small businesses to participate in our acquisitions. And what I, what I stated earlier is that we look at small business first for all of our procurement and doing market research, requests for our information, sources sought. That market research phase is for us to identify, um, qualified folks to do the work. And we're looking for small business first. Um, we have to basically state why small business can't do the work. Um, and that's why we do the market research. Either they can or they cannot. If they can, we have to set it aside for small business. And even if if they can't do the work or they can only do pieces of the work and we go out and we do um, full and open, we still are setting subcontracting goals um, for those vendors to to meet. And sometimes we have um, areas where we just say, hey, we'll set this piece aside for small business. We make a car piece out for small business. So we're still looking for areas that small business can um, get a piece of the pie, even if it's full and open. And that's what Anna comes in at as well um she also do those vendor outreach sessions and um with um the osbu she's the main one that does them i sit in when i need to but she mainly does those vendor outreach sessions with Osabu. um she reviewed the subcontracting plans to make sure they were in line with our goals so you know a contractor can't just throw a subcontracting plan over the fence and we're just going to accept it we got goals that they have to meet um and she updates our aca with the uh, small business goal achievement so we have to keep a track of our goals and where we're meeting because we have them set every year. And I don't think we dropped—I don't think we dropped our fiscal year 23 goals yet. So I think we still may be working on FY 22, but don't, don't um, um, and I'm not sure yet. So I, I think we decided FY 22 right now for my last update. But she makes sure those goals are met, and if we're we're falling short on something, she reaches out and, and gives us updates throughout the year. Hey, this is where we are. Hey, we need to work on this section. We need to work on hub zone. We need to work on women-owned, you know, um, veteran small business. So she lets us know where we need to, where we need to work on to meet our goals for that year. So that's the difference um, between her and me. She also does um, the acquisition planning forecast system. She reviews those, um, she reviews those records before posting and make sure they're accurate. And she makes sure if they're a small business, she she document whether they're a small business, so you know where what requirements when you look at that they are set aside for you so um that's that's the difference between her go her role and mine
0: got it okay so we have another question that's kind of piggybacking off of the uh prime contractor portal they said yes this this they said this website this link was the plug uh with all the information so that was amazing <laughs> um but she did have a question regarding uh, recommendations on messaging to use when they're reaching out to prime contractors um, because she said it seems like she's been getting left on res. So what, what should she do next?
1: Um, so you, you kind of broke up a little bit. I'm going to ask you to read that again. Ask that question again, please.
0: Okay. So she said that she's Reached out to prime contractors previously, do you have any recommendations on what messaging or how to reach or what to say to them? Because it seems as if her emails are being uh, left on read.
1: Oh, okay. So um, in that case, um, I would say just reach out to um, uh, myself and Anna and, and we will um, make sure that your, the response is provided.
0: All right. you
1: so, I, and, I, and I, I will I will say that uh, sometimes our um, our even our primes and some of our um, our program managers or folks or CEOs, sometimes they're, they're busy and they do not get to you in a timely fashion. That's where me and Anna come in so you can reach out to us and we'll get your response.
0: Now that right there, if you ain't have a team running and working for you, you definitely do now. So take that. Be sure to utilize every resource at your disposal. I say this all the time. Make sure you are you getting this information, but make sure you're utilizing it. Um, This has been such a good episode. I know you've been dropping gems on us this whole time and I'm grabbing the links, dropping them in the chat. I'm taking some of this advice myself. I'm like, oh, okay, well let me let me do this. <laughs> but I'm so excited. I'm happy that you are able to join us. Is there, do you have any final thoughts or last parting words that you would like to leave for industry
1: So what, what I wanted I want to um, to go back to is um, OPO and in, in the broad, um, customer base that we have. I just want to make sure everybody knows what we cover and what um, components we cover. We cover a large array, um, just so they know when they're reaching out, who to reach out to um, and and where they fall up under. Um, As I stated, we have a broad customer base where from the secretary to deputy secretary, undersecretary of management and under the undersecretary of management, uh, um, we have um, the chief procurement officer, as I stated before, um, the chief security officer, uh, the chief readiness support officer, chief financial officer—it's it's a lot now. So just stay with me. <laughs> um, office of chief information officer, which is CIO, um, chief human capital officer, which is our human um, human resource office, office of biometric identity management, and the federal protective service. So, and then I also mentioned that we also cover S and T, which is science and technology directorate. Counting Weapons of Mass Destruction, Cybersecurity Infrastructure, Security Agency. Um, and as you may, you may not know, um, CISA is, is breaking off from HEC um, from as they own. They're still on the DHS, but they'd be like an ICE or a FEMA. So CISA is breaking out, but, but right now we still service them under OPO Office of Procurement Operations. So um, they're still up on our purview right now. And um, we also um, do grants. And I do not know if I told you guys that Office of Procurement Operations, we do grants and cooperative agreements. So with that being said, we, we do grants for US ICE, um, that's Immigration and Customs custom, um, Enforcement. We do them for Science and Technology, um, weapons, um, Counter-Weapons and Mass Destruction Office, which is CWMD, and we do them for CIS as well. So we do do, um, do grants and cooperative agreements. So And with that being said also, we have seven operational divisions that support um, the broad customer base. We have seven, and all of them are basically named after the customers. So you'll have like a, a, sister, a sister acquisition division, um, county members and mass destruction acquisition division, just to name a few, um, federal protected service acquisition acquisition division. So we have seven of those that support all of um, all of our customer base. I just wanted to throw that out there so you know how how broad and how, broad um, Office of Procurement Operations, um, acquisition and uh, procurement, um, contractual um, um, services go across DHS headquarters. And um, I wanna say, I don't know if I have any other questions or if anything else you might wanna know.
0: No, we don't have any more, but I definitely want to shout, do a huge shout out to Lauren uh, over at Soul Divine TV. She just dropped us a super chat. So thank you so much for that. And all of the amazing questions that you put in here, too, because we really needed to get this information out. So thank you so much, Lauren. Um, but other than that, that's the last question that I have for today. Um, I don't see any more questions in the chat from our audience. So we're just going to keep it rolling. And don't worry, we'll definitely have you back on the show. And hopefully next time, Anna can join us as well. Exactly. Okay.
1: All right, And well, Thank you for so, having me.
0: Of course, of course. All right, everyone. So we'll see you all next week, next Thursday. Oh, one second. I did have a question um, about your email address. We didn't get to that. Um, the email address to reach out to you
1: is the OPO industry liaison. OPO industry liaison at hq.dhs.gov.
0: Okay. There we go. All right, Lauren, I just dropped it in the chat. OPO, industri- OPO, industry, li- <laughs> okay, OPO industry liaison at hq.dhs.gov. But she said, never mind. I see it, it was in yeah. the top. We had posted it before, but okay. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much. Again, we'll see you all next week. Same time, same place. And that'll be it. All right.